0: called the miser George Orwell. Eric Arthur Blair, better known as George Orwell, was born in 1903 and died in 1950. He was an English novelist, essayist, journalist and short story writer. He was born in Bengal where his father was a British colonial civil servant and his mother, raised in Burma, returned to England with Blair and her sisters a year after his birth. He was educated in uh, London and uh, he was uh, employed in the Imperial Police and uh, served in Burma. His experience as a police officer in Burma serves as an inspiration for his 1934 novel Burmese Days. And his 1936 essay, Shooting an Elephant. Both are considered critiques of British colonial policy in that region. He left his post in Burma in 1927 because he contracted dengue fever. And uh, while on holiday with his family in England, he decided to devote his life to writing. And he spent the next several years among the poor in London and Paris and his experiences in those cities are solidif- they solidify his allegiance to democratic socialist ideals and gave rise to a number of stories and essays talking about the many indignities suffered by the impoverished at the hands of the rich people So in 1933, he brought forth down and out in Paris and London under the pseudonym George Orwell. Probably to spare his family embarrassment they might feel when reading about his experiences as a tramp. Okay, and uh, this current story Rucole the miser is the 23rd chapter of George Orwell's novel down and out in Paris and London which narrates his bitter and sweet experiences in Paris and London set in two cities the novel describes the poor people he meets in those he, in those places so this is a story about a miser who was tricked by a Jew uh, and uh, who lost his life. Okay. Recall the Miser, 23rd chapter of uh, Down and Out in Paris and London, begins with George Orwell's uh, Experience in the hotel Auberge de Jehan Qatar as a plonger, or in his um, own terms, a dishwasher. The job was uh, backbreaking, very hard, and um, as per his estimation, it was completely without purpose. But probably he couldn't pay for the bills, he had to work as a slave's slave and he made the money and uh, came out of uh, that job he says after that i went to bed and slept a whole uh, day and uh, then he went back to the same hotel and uh, spent five francs on a bottle of english beer and uh, he says I washed my teeth for the first time in a fortnight, I took bath, I had my hair cut, I even took my clothes out of porn. So it says how much um, bad his situation was in Paris. But um, it's a relatively painless uh, thing because he could easily escape, he could easily come out of that life But when you think about Rukol, what happens to Rukol, a legitimately poor man, even though he has a lot of money, he lived the life of a miser and he lacked Orwell's resource, Orwell's privilege and hence he fall prey to the tricks of the Jew. Okay and um, Orwell says it's a curious sensation being a customer where you had been a slave's slave. And in that uh, short period of um, slavery over there he made friends with Boris and he says Boris was very sad that uh, Orwell uh, left the r- restaurant they could have uh, made money they could have uh, may uh, they could have got a chance to make more money that is the only reference he he gives to Boris okay he was talking about uh, making 100 francs a day and then he was talking about meeting a girl who was very serious and uh, who never smelled of garlic so that was the life of an ordinary worker there he wanted to get settled and married okay and then moving on from the account of Boris. He speaks about the quarters, the living quarters uh, uh, he uh, had in Paris. It was time to move back to England. So he was uh, bidding farewell to everyone and chanced upon Charlie, the storyteller. And it was Charlie who narrated the story of Rucol the miser. Apparently, Rukol lived in that very quarter, and uh, he says Charlie is a lying person. He always lies, but since it was a story, it was worth wa- listening to. Okay, so the credibility, the veracity of the tale doubts, doubted right in the beginning itself but since it is, uh, since he is amused by this uh, storytelling he led Charlie to narrate the story, okay the story begins with an account of when Rukul died an unusual uh, beginning to a story about a person. Rukul died at the age of 74. That is how the story begins. And um, Charlie says it was a year or two before uh, Orwell went to Paris. But the people in the quarters still talked about him while uh, Orwell was there. Such an account or such a beginning, such an opening to the story is probably to establish the fact that it's a true story. Okay, and uh, Charlie says Ruko was an interesting character. How is it? How is he an interesting character? Because. Um, Charlie says, he went to Lehalis every morning. That's a market, local market. He picked up damaged vegetables. Instead of uh, purchasing meat, he ate cat's meat. And uh, instead of purchasing clothes, he wore newspapers and sack. Instead of underclothes, he uh, he used newspapers. And uh, instead of uh, purchasing regular clothes, he made trousers out of sack and he used the roofing of his room for firewood. The wooden paneling which was there in in his uh, house, he used that as a firewood. So this was how he lived, he chose to live his life. So this is kind of a code. In the personal code he followed because he was stringent he was miser okay and all this with half a million francs invested that is why he's a miser he has money or rather he had money 50,000 francs still he would he chose the life of a beggar okay hearing this Ruko um, Orwell uh, comments I should uh, I should meet him actually I should have met him I should like very much to have known him because he indeed is a curious character but the predicament of uh, misers are always uh, sad like many misers Rukol also was played by a person he he met as bad end by putting his money into a wild cat's scheme he wanted to double the money he wanted more to get more money and he was uh, you know tempted by a person the other characters in this novel in the story they are not given name proper names one day, a Jew appeared in the quarter. That is how it's it said. A Jew appeared in the quarter. He was an alert and a business-like uh, person, and uh, he met Rukol, discussing a a plan. What is that plan? Smuggling cocaine into England. His logic was simple. It was. Okay, it was um, easy to buy cocaine in Paris and the smuggling itself was simple. But um, that is a business where uh, betrayals take place a lot. The um, drug carters, they fight with each other and they betray each other to the customs of the police. And um, the Jew says, there is no danger in the plan which he hatched he knew a way of getting cocaine direct from vienna not through the usual channels and they don't have to pay uh, any blackmail money also okay and um, he had another investor also he wanted rucol to invest 6000 francs and another student a young pole p-o-l-e with p capital a student at the sorbonne university he also promised 4000 francs, so altogether it was 10,000 uh, francs and they can buy 10 pounds of cocaine with it and if they, uh, if they are able to sell that in England it is worth a small fortune. So this was the plan. The Paul and the Jew they had a tough time do what? To get money from uh, old Rukol. Because by nature, he would never part with money. He, would, uh, he wouldn't even invest money in his basic needs. And such a person giving away 6,000 francs for a wildcat scheme is um, slightly difficult. So 6,000 francs was too much, too much money for uh, Rukol even though he had more, more than that, sewn into the mattress in his room. But he couldn't part with his own money. And the Jew and the Paul they uh, explained and bullied and coaxed and uh, argued. and Even they went on their knees, imploring him to give the money. Rukol was uh, thick, frantic between greed and fear. He wanted to double and triple his money okay but he is also afraid he is he cannot go against his uh, moral code because he is a miser and uh, the at the thought of getting more money tempted him the 50 thousand francs profit tempted him but he couldn't bring himself to give away the money he couldn't do it and uh, at the last uh, somehow he um, gave the money and uh, the Jew delivered the cocaine on the very same day. The Jew uh, delivered the cocaine to Rukul's room and uh, Paul was also and Paul stood and he was also there and promptly the Jew vanished. Okay. Everything seemed to go well until that moment. But then word of the deal spreads around the quarter. And police came to raid the hotel probably the Jew tipped okay and uh, police uh, was there in the downstairs Rukol and Paul both were afraid in agony because the police were downstairs they were uh, searching ransacking every room and um, there was a great uh, packet of cocaine on Rukol's table. There was no way such amount of cocaine could be hid in that particular room. There is no escape of uh, uh, escape route through the stairs as well. The pole was uh, <coughs> uh, planning to throw the stuff out of the window. Poor student, he said, Vinota, throw the stuff out of the window, at least we will be saved, but Rukol wouldn't hear it, because he spent 6,000 francs, and that um, substance lying on top of his table is worth 6,000 of uh, Rukol's money, so he clasped it to his breast and struggled like a madman, even though he was 74 years old, he was wild with fear, he will rather go to prison than throw away his money okay so uh, the police is coming up and they are just one floor below and they had an idea there was a man on RuPaul's floor who sell who um, who sold face powder on commission so um, why not uh, change uh, face powder with cocaine So they have come up with a plan to uh, put cocaine into the uh, face powder tins and uh, escaping police. So the powder was hastily thrown out of the window and cocaine was substituted and the tins were all, um, you know, kept. And uh, the tin was openly kept upon um, the table, Rukul's table, to prove that they are not concealing anything. Okay. At the last minute there was an idea that um, cocaine could be substituted with face powder and uh, they can hide the cocaine in tin in the face powder tins okay so a few minutes later the police came to search Rukul's room they started tapping the walls they looked up the chimney they even turned out the drawers and examined even the floorboards and they couldn't find anything so they were about to give up and that was then the inspector noticed the tins on the table, tins, have a look at those tins, I hadn't I, I noticed them, what's in them? So he asked, he openly asked what was in the tins and the Paul, the young student, he calmly replied, face powder sir as he could manage. But Rukold, the 74-year-old Rukold, he let, out, uh, he let out a loud groaning noise because he got alarmed. Police became suspicious immediately. They opened the tins and they tipped out the contents and they smelled it. And inspector said, oh, it smells like cocaine in the pole. they began swearing on the names of the saints it's nothing but face powder but uh, they had already given the expression the, uh, the how Rukol um, let out that groaning sound so the police were not betrayed so it was no use the more they protested the more suspicious the police became both men were arrested and they were led to the police station it was such a noisy affair that the team was they, they were followed by half the quarter. Okay, at the police station, Rukol and the poll they were interrogated by the commissioner. The station Rukol and the pole they were interrogated by the police commissioner while the cocaine tin was sent to be analyzed charlie said uh, the scene Rukol made was beyond description because he wept and prayed and uh, denounced Paul, and his crying and um, screaming were on top of his voice that he could be heard half a straight away so the policeman in the uh, They started laughing at him. After one hour, a policeman came back with a tin of cocaine and a note from the analyst, and he was laughing. And uh, he reported to his his superior officer that it was not cocaine, but face powder. Rukol and the pole were released at once because it was face powder. And uh, you know, they were very angry. The Jew had double crossed them, and it turned out it turns out that he played the same trick on two other people in the quarters okay the boy Paul was glad because he could escape he didn't have to stay in the prison and he was okay to um, bear the loss of his 4,000 francs but he was utterly broken down he took to his bed at once and started uh, crying thrashing and mumbling And yelling on top of his voice six thousand francs in the name of Jesus how can I bear this loss he stayed there in that state for three days and he had a stroke and in a fortnight he was dead of a broken heart that is how Charlie sums up concludes the story okay and uh, Rukul was beside himself he was uh, he was even ready to bear uh, prison life but the loss of money no he couldn't uh, bear with that he lived the life of a poorer person and uh, he violated his own moral code and his will to live and probably that is why he died that is a conclusion that is a came up and Orwell uh, in the story tries to contradict the rich people's assumption that the poor are in essence criminals Um, but here it is an ambiguous uh, idea because Rukol had money but he is portrayed as a victim of the story because he chose the life of a beggar okay The men who sold Rukol and uh, the Polish partner the cookie, they are the true criminals, probably the um, face powder um, business person and the Jew, they work together. The poor, like Rukol, they are always or often forced by circumstances into committing crimes and then they suffer disproportionately at the hands of the law. Rukol was put to shame by the police, suffer a lot at the station, but for what? It was a false case. Okay, so this is how he um, met his end and this is how Charlie concludes the story.